This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If your new Cook County property tax bill gave you sticker shock, you're not alone. Several neighborhoods in the city saw historic increases, with some residents seeing truly eye-popping raises. Some Latino neighborhoods have been especially affected, with increases up to 46%. Many residents in Pilsen and Logan Square, they worry that this could accelerate the trend of gentrification in their communities. So here to discuss is Jeff Smith, Executive Director of the Institute for Housing Studies at DePaul University. Great to have you in studio, Jeff. Thank you. And we're also joined by Teresa Fraga, a longtime resident of Pilsen and Pilsen Neighbors Community Leader. Welcome to Reset, Teresa. Thank you. I'm going to begin with you, actually. Can you just give us a sense of how long your family has been living in Pilsen? Our family has been living in Pilsen since 1966. That makes it 56 years. That's a long time. And and, uh, I want to hear more about what you're hearing from those around you. What are your neighbors saying, especially now that they've seen their property tax bills? Well, actually, we didn't talk about it for a couple of days. But when we started talking about it, like myself, one-on-ones, uh, they couldn't believe it. They were just as uh, astonished and surprised as I was. When I opened my uh, property tax bill on the first week of December, I saw a 600%, 600% increase. 600%. And I didn't even do the percentage on that day because it wasn't needed. From uh, a $2,000 uh, bill that I was expecting, I saw 14279 And I was so confident that this is a mistake, that this is an error, that this is not based on any, uh, any information that could have brought them up that high. But when I started talking to neighbors, I saw that it wasn't just my bill, that it was other neighbors' bills. And so so much so that we had a, uh, I had a meeting with about six people just to discuss what they were hearing from their neighbors. And uh, two days later, we had a meeting where 25 people came. My goodness. And we talked about the bills. And we said, okay, this is time uh, to bring uh, the community together. And so we uh, organized a meeting yeah. where 350 people signed, but there were like 500. My goodness. And uh, the anger, the the frustration. I can only imagine. Uh, was so high that even even those of us who were at the front of the table that had called the meeting, we were seen as we were. It, it wasn't friendly. It, it was, uh, but we could understand. Yeah. Well, and we'll talk more about that. I want to add another voice to the conversation, really to to help break down what these tax increases could mean for Chicago homeowners and landlords. Uh, we've got Hal Dar- Dardick with us, Director of Research at the Cook County Treasurer's Office. Welcome to Reset, Hal. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, you wrote a, a recent report for the Treasurer's Office, and it analyzed the impact of these tax increases. Can you first just remind us of why we're seeing these increases and, and why they're so large? Teresa just talked about a 600% jump. Yeah, I think uh, in you're in Pilsen, correct? Yes, so that, I am. That's on the lower, uh, within the Lower West Side community area. And because of the change in assessments in the city, there were uh, large reductions in a lot of uh, black neighborhoods on the south and uh, west sides. 
But the Latino neighborhoods, which are experiencing some gentrification, saw dramatic increases in the assessed values, which determines the amount of tax that you pay. Uh, and uh, so it but was, why those neighborhoods, though? Why? Uh, that's a question you'd have to ask of the assessors. There's a couple of things I, I can surmise from that. One is uh, there is gentrification going on there. So some of the price levels go up and the formula works that he uses by uh, evaluating uh, just bulk data of sales in the area. So that's going to trigger it up a little bit. There's a lot of other things you know, going on, too, uh, that increased taxes overall in the city and compounded that, that shift. Uh, but you did see a 46% increase in the median tax in uh, the Lower West Side, which was the highest median increase in the city. We, uh, people have been talking about averages, so we ran them uh, yesterday just out of curiosity. And the average residential increase in the Lower West Side was 44%. Wow. So, uh, but, but it has mostly to do with the change in assessments. Jeff, I want to bring you in here. As someone who studies these trends in housing, right, uh, what are your thoughts of, of the tax increase and, and the report? Yeah, um, I mean, you know, if your property value increases, that doesn't necessarily mean your property taxes will increase. It's really the relationship of how your value increases relative to the entire value of all properties in the tax base, right? So in, in gentrifying areas, those are areas where values are increasing more rapidly mm-hmm. than other places. And that more rapid price increase, therefore, translates into ultimately into higher tax burden um, for residents in those neighborhoods. And the implication of that is that long-term residents in those neighborhoods, low and moderate income homeowners in those neighborhoods, older adults on fixed incomes in those neighborhoods, lower income renters living in smaller rental properties in those neighborhoods all potentially will bear the brunt of those rising taxes. And that increases housing instability and, and the risk that those households will be displaced. Yeah. Talk more, Jeff, about the the, the uh, trends that we're seeing in regard to gentrification, as you brought up, in, in Pilsen and other neighborhoods. Yeah. Some, so IHS, we track a lot of data on house price trends. And one of the uh, reports that we released recently looks at how price trends look in neighborhoods based on the race and ethnic composition of those communities. Predominantly Hispanic and Latino neighborhoods saw some of the biggest price increases uh, since 2018, which is essentially the benchmark from when um, the assessor was doing their triennial reassessment in the most recent period that is kind of being triggered, triggering a lot of these price increases. Yeah. So those areas have definitely seen um, some of the most dramatic price increases recently. Yeah. Hal, your report, it also shows homeowners are taking the brunt of the tax increase in comparison to commercial property owners. Can you just briefly walk us through that? Yeah. Well, when uh, Assessor Kagi was done with his assessment process, uh, he had increased commercial values more than residential, uh, and it would have shifted the burden uh, more to commercial properties. Uh, the Board of Review, which hears appeals of his assessments, uh, dramatically lowered the uh, the commercial values after Kegi himself had lowered them by a significant uh, amount. So the 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 result was that more homeowners' bills went up than went down, uh, and a lot of them saw the kind of dramatic increases we're talking about, and uh, more uh, commercial property tax bills went down than went up. So it was the reverse in that. Interesting. So uh, that, that played a, a role in this also. 
This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're discussing the recent property tax hike that many people saw in Cook County and how it may contribute to gentrification in some Chicago neighborhoods. With us is Teresa Fraga, who's a longtime Pilsen resident and Pilsen neighbors community leader. Also with us, Hal Dardick, who's a director of research at the Cook County Treasurer's Office, and Jeff Smith, who's the executive director of the Institute for Housing Studies at DePaul University. So back to you, Teresa, and this huge tax bill that you got. What did you end up doing about it? What I did a couple of days later after the public meeting, uh, a neighbor uh, shared with the entire group that she had called and that she had gotten an appointment and that she had to bring in some copies, uh, called the assessor's office, and uh, that her bill was returned to the amount that she was expecting. So she just I mean, made a phone call. thousands of dollars. She made a phone call. Uh, it was kind of unbelievable, but because we had already met with the assessor's office ourselves uh, in a community group. and uh, But two days later, I told my brother, come, come to my house. We're going to call the assessor's office. Call the number. I said, you go first. And he said, what do I tell him? I said, just tell him you have a, bill, a property tax bill that needs to be corrected. And uh, he did. The young woman who responded was friendly, took care of it, and said, okay, your uh, your amount, your new amount is right. such and such. And so it, it worked for your neighbor, it worked for your it brother, worked for me. and it worked for you. And it worked for me. And in the same call, and I said, uh, give me the phone. And she took my call right there and uh, and gave me the re- re- the amount that I was expecting, which was under 2000 Wow. Down from 14000 279. So I got to ask you how, because this, it seems strange to me, a tax bill that jumped so high, like Teresa's, could just be lowered again after making a phone call and asking questions? Timeline, you have a a period in which if the assessor uh, can go back and and correct, and they're doing some of that now. uh, But what what happens too, and I think this plays into what happened uh, here, is that... uh, they have a formula, and it's a mass formula. It's bulk data. Prices are going up in Pilsen, but what the assessor does not know, because the sheer number of properties, one nearly 1.8 million properties in Cook County, is what is going on with each individual property. So the things that brought those housing costs up, brand new homes, rehabs, you know, with really nice interiors and updated kitchens that make those places more expensive— they are not occurring in most long-time uh, homeowners' residences. So once you go in there and present the facts of what's actually in your home, which the assessor does not know, he has the discretion to then lower it based on the characteristics uh, of your home. This is the, the major fault with mass appraisal systems uh, in the United States. Uh, Professor Chris Barry at University of Chicago has written extensively about this, and uh, his conclusions were that basically mass appraisal systems can never uh, get it right, and there will always be some regressivity uh, built into that. Yeah, and Teresa, you know, the, the you had the meeting, the community members had that meeting with, with Fritz Kage last month to talk about your concerns with these property taxes. Your thoughts then on, on the response from the city? Um, not positive. Not positive, not clear. Um, uh, Fritz Kagey mentioned the 
uh, review board. He mentioned the uh, the the business sector uh, and how it came. You know, when they lowered their tax, then it uh, the the brunt of it fell on on the homeowners. He did say that, but we didn't get an answer of how to proceed, what to do. He could not make. Was invited to the public meeting. He could not make it, uh, and didn't. Uh, we f- we feel that it would have been very, um, very good yeah. for him to face the the the, the property owners uh, because that gym was packed and it, it had an overflow, and people were hopeful that they would get some kind of answer mm-hmm. and uh, were were upset that he wasn't there. Jeff, I want to talk to you about some recent reporting. It's coming from all over, from Block Club Chicago, some other local outlets. In each of those stories, you hear tales from homeowners who feel like they did everything right, right? They saved up money for a home. They plan to to build equity, but they're being priced out. How do we make sense of that? Yeah, that's a really uh, tricky issue. I know a lot of uh, public policy focus recently has, has renewed its efforts to use homeownership as a, as a way to, to build wealth in communities of color, help black and Hispanic households narrow that wealth gap between them and white households. Um, and, and the way that happens is, you know, you can either pay your mortgage, which is kind of the slow and steady way to, to build that wealth, or to have your property value grow. And so in gentrifying neighborhoods, that is kind of what is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have the benefit of, of building that wealth through home equity. But in many cases, that wealth is largely on paper. And there are costs that come along with that. Um, and, and one of those major costs is through increased property tax bills. So I think that this is a key issue that if we're going to continue to use home ownership as a way to, to help bridge that wealth gap, that, mm-hmm. that this property tax situation, especially in rapidly gentrifying neighborhoods, uh, it needs to be addressed. Hal, is, is part of the solution here just changing how properties are assessed? I I, I don't know. I, I think you can get better uh, detail on what's in, in each individual property. It's a gargantuan task, but I think they, a little more focus on that might uh, be helpful. Uh, I think one thing we, we can't forget is the underlying system here. If taxes weren't so high in the state of Illinois, property tax, the second highest in the nation after New Jersey, uh, these shifts wouldn't be as dramatic or as devastating mm-hmm. to folks. I think uh, the bottom line answer to most of these issues is the state of Illinois needs to step up and fund education through something other than the property tax, which when it was invented or not invented, it goes back to Mesopotamia. But when it was first used to fund things in Illinois, it was a progressive tax because people did hold all their wealth in property. No longer true. The value of your property may have nothing to do with your uh, wealth or income. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very regressive tax mm-hmm. today. So I think they need to find a, a progressive way to fund uh, education primarily. And there's a, n- a number of other things we noted in our study that are going on too. Uh, one of them is the recapture provision, which is new yeah. this year. Uh, they, when Kagi, uh, Assessor Kagi goes back and fixes those refunds or people go to court and, and gets them and get, get refunds, it comes away from the taxing districts and they don't yeah. get as much money. And now they're getting it back unless they're a home rule community. And, and we'll, share, but, we'll share your report online so that folks can Yeah, can but check so there are out. other things in the system that, that can be adjusted to. 
just a couple seconds left, Teresa, but what do folks with Pilsen Neighbors Community Council, what do you want to see to happen that will slow or just prevent gentrification? Well, first, we are uh, planning uh, after January 6th to begin our meetings with uh, Board of Review, with uh, Fritz Kagey, assessor, and uh, and have them come up. They, we, we need to force uh, the issue here. Uh, those three uh, and the, and the, and the uh, treasurer's office, those three departments need to work together because there isn't a consistency here. Yeah. I have a case of two properties that are similar, two frame houses on one lot. They got the same increase. One is not on a tax freeze, uh, on a senior freeze. The other one is on a senior freeze. Yeah. And one of them did get uh, taken care of over the phone, and the other one didn't. Yeah. So, so we need some consistency. Consistency. Yeah. My building uh, and another building that are similar, built on the same year, uh, mine is, has been uh, lived in for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one is, is gutted, has no uh, toilets or anything, and it got the same increase. Yeah. So there's got to be a way to make it equitable, sure. to make it fair. We need to know what the process is. We no longer get our bill and just look at it and pay it. Yeah. Well, we'll have to leave it there, Teresa Fraga and Jeff Smith and Hal Dardick. Thank you so much.